Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio MD Podcast. This is 1154B. The Bs are always great guests, and we have one for you today. Our sponsors are lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of bovine colostrum and True Biotics. You can go to their website, lifesfirstnaturals.com, to see the randomized control trials they've done to show the benefits of those. The other sponsor, of course, is longevityplaybook.com. Dr. Kelly Sterrett is co-author of the New York Times bestsellers, Becoming a Supple Leopard, Ready to Run, and the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Deskbound. He is also co-founder of the Ready State and co-founder of the San Francisco CrossFit. He's a high-performance coach and consultant for athletes and coaches from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, U.S. Olympic team, and obviously And since we're recording this just a few days after Memorial Day, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard, which I got to serve in at least. He has spent decades with them. This book, which he has written, is basically to bring it to what I would call us average or normal people. It's built the 10 essential habits to help you move freely and live fully. So Kelly, I really want to thank you for coming on. And I'm going to ask you, what should I be doing as a 78-year-old former good athlete, captain of the U.S. team in the Pan American Games and squash, but feel stiff and stiffer with ages? What should I be doing to combat that? Such a great question. Thank you so much. Full disclosure, my father and grandfather physicians And so I definitely come from this background of perceiving a lot of dirty laundry. A lot of times when we're at the pointy end of medical intervention, we're seeing people when they have a problem they can no longer ignore. And what we're trying to do with this book, Built to Move, is say, how might we think differently about our day-to-day lives and sort of expand our definitions of practice so that we can do what we want to do for as long as we want to do? And To get to the heart of your question, what's important there and as difficult as physicians, as physical therapists, as as medical providers, is to try to understand what the rest of your life looks like. I think we've really done a good job of making the case for exercise and all its protective benefits, but we're really, if we are honest about putting the rubber to the road and we look at the rates of diabetes and obesity chronic pain surgeries, ACL rates, substance abuse, turns out our trillion-dollar fitness experiment isn't really serving our communities as well as we'd like. So what we're trying to do here, and what I would say for you first is I would like to say, tell me about your life. Tell me about what it is you do when you wake up till when you go to bed, and where in those places can we begin to enhance and restore some of the essential aspects of your physiology? So we can go really deep in the weeds here, but ultimately what we want to do is say, hey, let's for a second take exercise and create it as an extracurricular and let's start asking about 
the lexicon of your movement, your movement vocabulary. Let's look at how much sleep you're getting and how much non-exercise activity you're getting and even some of your macronutrients and micronutrients. And then we can start to say, well, can you do all the things a human being should be able to do in terms of hip extension and shoulder flexion? And then we can start to understand how those pieces begin to fit together. Well, I'm going to give you the real life example. And we're talking to Kelly Starrett, one of the great authors, Dr. Kelly Starrett, along with his, I take it as your wife, Juliet Starrett. That's right. The 10 essential habits to help you move freely and look fully built to move. So there are 180 choices we have in the longevity playbook or in the great age reboot that help keep you young. And I do about 176 or seven of them. Love it. So I have a treadmill desk. So most of my day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday is spent reading on the treadmill desk or writing on the treadmill desk. Thursdays and Fridays, I see patients and I do get 10,000 steps those days, but no other exercise on the rest of the week. I do uh, 48 minutes of cardio three times a week, including some hit at the end of that and weight training three days a week as well. So let me pause there. That's a great entree in. And one of the things we're trying to do, because if you come to me and you explain that, what I might be prone to do is saying, okay, you've got it nailed. You're doing a great job. And clearly those behaviors are laudatory. We should be, if everyone, we could get everyone to start engaging in those behaviors, we would fundamentally change and transform society. But there's a couple things that aren't addressed. And I know you were expanding in your physical practice. But one of the things that we're trying to do in this book is create a new set of physical vital signs. We saw in the pandemic that people got much more comfortable with expanding their definition of of what vital signs included, from SAO2 to resting heart rate to heart variability. We just saw that people started to grasp some of these essentials of their physiology. But when we started to look at physical behaviors, what we hadn't done was given people benchmarks around understanding key physiologic aspects from sleep to step count to minimum protein to being able to look at even their body oxygen level test and CO2 tolerance. So what we try to do in the book is say, one, here are a handful of physical behaviors that we're going to call physical vital signs. The thing I wanted to get into in there was that what we haven't done in that all of that wonderful movement you're doing, which is cardioprotective and brain protective and loading and bone protective, isn't really said, well, how well do you express full range of motion? Because I can make a lot of assumptions potentially that, hey, in this exercise that you're doing, which is really remarkable, you may not actually be taking that hip into a full range of motion. You may not actually be putting your arms over your head in ways that sort of reflect the ability to maintain our independence, our balance. And what we've done is sort of said, hey, let's go ahead and just exercise and really turn the dials on this physiology. But sometimes we, and I'm not talking about you per se, but as an allegory, that we can easily miss the fact that people are don't have access to native ranges of motion. So one of the things you said is, hey, I feel like I'm becoming stiff as I age. Sure, that makes more sense. But what we really are interested in is, do you have access to your full range of motion? So we opened the book with the simple sit and rise test because as you know, and I know, number one reason that people end up in nursing homes 
is they can't get up and down off the ground independently. That fall risk, we just saw in a New York Times article, projected from hip fractures to double by 2050. So we know all of these things are going on in the background, and yet simultaneously, we may not be exposing ourselves day to day to floor sitting or to sort of expressing some of the key native aspects of our range of motion in terms of the movements that we do. Subsequently, we end up developing blind spots, even though we may be purporting to do the right things. So I should say, this is one of the great things in the book, Built to Move. They talk to you about what it is that can help you benefit from the exercise you're doing even more so. So I easily get up out of the, out of the floor without using my hands, out of the chair. We teach. In fact, in my routine practice, I get to do executive health on Thursdays and on Fridays. I see just normal people for the same thing. But we teach balance and balance exercises and even have a learn to fall class. So we teach people about that. But clearly for me personally, I feel I am getting less stiff. I never been, you know, this is a true confessions. I've never been able to touch my toes with my uh, bending over. And I'm sure that even when I was 20, I couldn't do that, let alone now. And I don't think I'm any worse now than I was when I was 20, but I was never very good. On the other hand, I can do about four minutes of rapid jump rope so well that when I challenged Dr. Oz on the show to do it, they had to go to a commercial. I was beating them so bad. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, do grip strength and all that kind, jumping, et cetera. So those things. But I think the joy of your book, at least in one area, is that you teach us how to be supple, which I'm not. Tell us one of the easy exercises you teach people about that. I love this idea of third-party validation and that if you come and see me at any age, and clearly, let's just set the record for straight for everyone, you don't have to be able to touch your toes. That's not a requisite for anyone having full hip flexion, maybe, but the same reason that you were maybe stiffer than your cohorts, you could still have full normative physiologic range and still not touch your toes. But also, that may have been reasons why you were great in sport and played, you know, very high-level squash. But what we want people to understand is ultimately that we probably need to keep an eye on our movement quality and our movement range the same way we might get a regular blood panel, the same way we might watch blood pressure, the same way we might look at some of these basic vital signs. And a simple way that we can be thinking about this in, is, again, sort of this notion of third-party validation, that if you bring to me your health practices and purport that, hey, I'm killing it, then you should pass these very simple sets of benchmarks, these vital signs. And I, I have no doubt you'll probably 10 out of 10 on these, which is great. But the average person doesn't recognize they have a problem until they can't do something or until they're in pain. And then they come to their physician and say, or their physical therapist and say, hey, my hip is hurting. And then the physical therapist discovers that they're missing, you know, 50% of the range of motion of their hip. And we're like, okay, those things are impacting your ability to occupy your role in your family, et cetera. So one of the things we're trying to do, and you know this, because you're 
some of your interventions are like formal balance work is we find we want people to see that we should be or might benefit from beginning to engage with essential behaviors like balance, but from a day-to-day activity so that we begin to create and look at where people may have control or agency in their day where they can start to practice these essentials. So for example, if you want to begin to work on your balance, here are two simple ways that we do with all our athletes. We have them do something we call the old man balance test, which comes from one of our coaches' friends named Chris Hinshaw, who was trying to come up with a test where he could beat his kids. That's the, the context. And all he was doing was stand on one foot, put a sock on without putting the foot down, and then while still standing on one leg without putting the foot down, reach down, grab the shoe, and then put the shoe on and tie the shoe without having to balance or put a foot down and then switch feet and repeat the same process. And what you get there is dynamic balance, working in really kind of end range positions where it's tricky for people. But what we have is lots of little exposure over and over and over again. We do the old man balance test. Well, are you going to put shoes on? Well, great. Let's see if we can improve and work in some of these essentials into something you're doing already every day. Another example is we love single leg stance work, standing on a single leg. So while you're brushing your teeth, you can begin to stand on a single leg. And if you feel comfortable, see if you can close your eyes while you're brushing your teeth. Because what we've just then done is given someone the Solek, standing one leg eyes closed test, which is an excellent predictor of fall risk in all our populations. And what we know is that we've got an active balance test here, and then we've got a test that sort of really asks a lot of the vestibular system when we take out that visual acuity. So again, everyone's probably going to put their shoes on. They're likely going to brush their teeth. And if we just started to say, hey, where can I begin to feather in some of these essential behaviors, we begin to think differently about the issue so that I don't have to go to a balance class when I'd rather go walk or lift weights or swim. Let me just interrupt just for a second. So don't do these tests by yourself for the first time without someone as your guide, meaning to help you in case you start to lose your balance, especially in the bathroom. So before you do that, you might stand in a corner and practice the one leg standing test so that you know what's going to happen and where you're going to go. And so you can lean against the wall by facing the corner. You know, we used to have that when I was a bad kid in school, our teacher used to make us sit and stand in the corner and face the corner. Well, if you do that and stand on one foot and then close your eyes and if need be put a chair behind you, but that way you'll fall into one of the walls rather than falling down. So these are what Kelly is telling you is a great thing. My wife and I both brush our teeth on one leg. I don't think we do it eyes closed for very long, (laughs) but we should. But in any case, that's a great thing. And we are talking, I should remind people, with Kelly Starrett, Dr. Kelly Starrett. And the book we're talking about is a wonderful book, Built to Move. And by the way, if you go to the website, I believe there's a 21-day free video guided process as an introduction to all of the material in the book. Is there not? That's correct. At builttomove.com. The other thing I, you're absolutely right that do not be juggling, you know, chainsaws the first time you try this, but if these are surprising to you, 
then it's a testament to the fact that we haven't made the case as movement professionals that here's how we can improve your interaction with your environment. And that if these things surprise you, these are very reasonable tests. And what we find here is that there's a real opportunity to improve, again, our confidence, our desire to move, the elegance of, of how we move and in, interact with our community. And ultimately, that's the definition of mobility. Do I have range of motion native to all humans? Can I control that range of motion pain-free so that I can do what I want to do with my body? And another practice that I encourage everyone to do tonight because so much of what I'd rather do is instead of having a big formal intervention, I would like to say, hey, can we get you to do this while you're doing something else so we can free up your bandwidth to engage in the kinds of activities you'd rather do? And one of my favorites is sitting on the floor. We know that from the research that most people are watching somewhere between one and three hours of television a night. And one of the things that we find to be a very useful practice from, again, I'm talking from elite athletes, right? People who are trying to win gold medals and set world records all the way up to my mother in her late 70s is can we think about what the body should do? And if you sit on the floor tonight for 30 minutes while you watch TV, you're going to learn a lot about your native range and how comfortable you are at some of your more end range positions. And so there's not one position, sit crisscross applesauce, lean up against the couch, go 90-90, put your legs out in front of you, do, bring one leg up, kneel. But ultimately, use that 30 minutes of just exposure to some of the more end range positions of your body, and suddenly you realize, hmm, two and a half million years of evolution, we used to do a lot of sleeping on the ground, toileting on the ground, eating on the ground, interacting on the ground. And it's only been recently where we stopped using those native ranges of motion. We stopped asking our hips to come into more flexion. We stopped loading our hamstrings and the connective tissues. So what we can start to say is the first order of magnitude of success is exposure to some of these fundamental positions before we engage in sort of more complex restorative actions. Well, I, for one, am going to start. I, usually, by the way, we, we get our patients to move a treadmill or a rowing machine or an elliptical or some other exercise process in front of their TV. Love it. But I, for one, am going to try and sit in front of uh, a TV if I do any of that tonight. The book is called Built to Move by Dr. Kelly Sterrett. I urge you to get it. It's really sensational. And I guess to remind people, it builds up. I love the phrase you used before, if you will, and it is becoming a supple leopard, <laughs> I guess is uh, one of the, really the innovator behind the Ready State and the Movement Bible, becoming a supple leopard, Dr. Kelly Starrett, S-T-A-R-E-T-T, -T, Built to Move is the book. Thank you for coming on. It's a wonderful book. I should remind our listeners that we are sponsored by the longevityplaybook.com and lifesfirstnaturals.com. Life's First Naturals are the makers of both true biotics and bovine colostrum. Bovine colostrum is a great tool if you're an exercise addict like I am because it does help decrease the 
intestinal permeability that strenuous exercise often is associated with. You can go to the website at lifesfirstnaturals.com and find the randomized controlled trials, and you can find more data on it at the longevityplaybook.com in our library. Thank you, Dr. Kelly Serrett. Thank you, more importantly, for writing a great book, as well as for coming on. We'll be back next week. This is 1154B. The Bs are always great guests. The A's, the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. Remember the book, Built to Move. It is wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you so much.